DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. This UNA Golf PGA Championship Preview with Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio is brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Black Desert Resort. Brian, good morning. Good morning, guys. Ready for the second major? Or are you ready for the PGA? I am ready, actually. This is going to be good. Um, the ocean course at Kiowa Island, the Pete Dye design, and of course we know uh, Rory won this in 2012 on this golf course by uh, record eight shots, beat Jack Nicklaus's record in a PGA who, when he won uh, by seven shots back in 1980. And he also had the War of the Shore, the 91 Ryder Cup, uh, which was uh, super intense and kind of set the stage for how Ryder Cups have gone since that point in time. So, uh, yeah, I mean uh, – Right now, effectively, it's 7,800 yards, the longest golf course in uh, major championship history, although it's unlikely they'll tip it out to that uh, at any one particular round this week. But, yeah, it should be good. I guess the only thing that's a little bit uh, flat is sort of the, the, the main the main characters in all of this, and that's the players. There really isn't sort of one player that you would suggest is super hot right now. And, um, you know, a lot of the big names are have been a little flat this year. All right, well, with that in mind, though, I was ready to write off Rory and just said, I don't know what it is after the Masters. And he rallied and won. And we've seen Spieth have a little bit of a resurgence. So they may not be hot or the overwhelming favorites, but they're certainly playing better going into this. No, no doubt. And those are the two exceptions, right? I mean, you know, you think about DJ, you think about Justin Thomas, you think about Bryson DeChambeau, you think about you know, um, Brooks Kepka being injured, you know, a lot of these guys that, that were hot at some time, you know, in the last several months and DJ, the number one player in the world, not, not playing some great golf right now, but that said, Rory, yeah, great story. Certainly back in the winner's circle and looking to join Tiger as the only player to win multiple PGAs on the same venue. Tiger did it at Medina. Uh, so, so yeah, Rory is, is, is definitely the story of the week along with Jordan Spieth, who's looking to complete the career grand slam and, you know, very timely win for him to get back in the winner's circle. Uh, Arnold Palmer and Tom Watson uh, were a PGA championship sort, uh, short of winning that uh, career grand slam. So uh, nobody's actually done it at the PGA. Uh, Spieth would be the uh, first to do so. And, you know, it w- wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Spieth does have five top fives this year, including that win. So, um, he, like I said, he, Spieth and Rory probably the two hottest players coming in this week and the two betting favorites for sure. Um, but maybe, maybe with, uh, you know, having struggled for some time, not quite the same pressure to win the career, complete the career Grand Slam on Jordan as what he's had perhaps in years past. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how both of those play this week. So what style of golf does this course favor? What are the, what are the traits you have to have to have an edge here? It's interesting. Uh, uh, Rory, obviously, when he won back in 2012 and just destroyed the field, was just bombing it. Um, but I went back, and, and, and so you'd say, hey, 7,800 yards at the Bomber's Paradise. But you, you've also got an interesting golf course here. It's a seaside, linksy style golf course. But, but, the, but it doesn't play fully like a links course in the sense that the greens are raised up. So you can't just have a low ball flight ground game like you would, say, at, a, at an open championship. You have to be able to put it up in the air, but flight it down and be able to hold those greens. And so uh, a great ball striker, you know, which Rory was, was on top of his, his game when he, when he won by eight shots, obviously. Looking back on, on Rory's win, too, he, he dominated the par fives. Um, two of the par fives played over par for the week in, in 2012. It's just really, really tough. And yet he was eight under par 
for the par fives for the week. And so I, I think you, you look at someone who dominates in par fives, someone that's obviously if you have length, that's always an advantage. I mean, we talk about that at every major championship. And then guys that are just really, you know, I, I think you're going to have to drive it a little straighter um, than what you do at the Masters, for instance. Tony Finau, listening to his interview yesterday, he talked about how uh, key, his first time around Kia, he tipped it out. This was It was just yesterday. Tipped it out, played all 18 holes. And he said it felt a whole lot more like a U.S. Open than it did a PGA Championship. So, you know, fr- from that standpoint, it does demand a little bit of accuracy off the tee. You do need some length and, and then some great ball striking and ultimately some putting. I don't think the, green, the putting surfaces are quite as severe as, as some of the um, some of the other uh, courses. So, you're, you know, the, the grass uh, is this um, or the pass column or whatever that's a little bit sticky. So even though it's, even though it's super firm, it shouldn't be icy slick. Like they should be able to, to, to make some putts. And, and so that, that also plays into the hands of, uh, of good putters this week. So to answer your question, I, I think it's going to be one of those, you know, like a major championship is defining whose game is at the top. And that's going to test all aspects of, of, the, of a player's game. So you've heard about the big news about the range finders being able to be used? <laughs> well, apparently Tony had, and that was the other thing that was actually funny. I don't know if you saw. I did. You see that interview, and, he, yeah. and Tony's like, wait, what? <laughs> it was he was being told during the interview. Now, I guess you can't use it for the slope, but everything else? Yeah, which, you know, that's the case. You know, I, I don't even know people that really use the slope. I think some people think it helps. I, there's so much calibration that goes on in that, even in for, for us amateurs just playing around. I, I've never actually used the slope feature. But, uh, yeah, so they can, you know, it's an interesting one, right, PK? So we talk about technology. We talk about, you know, what can we do to, you know, make the game more fun? How can we speed up the game? And I'll be honest, I've gotten in my rhythm includes shooting a, a laser at the flag every time I play. You know, when I get to the fairway, I pull out my range finder. I actually have a little magnet holder, and it sits right on the little upright of the cart. And I pull it out, and I shoot the flag, and then I make my decision. Now, you know, there, there's there's a lot that goes into, you know, when I'm playing golf courses that I play that are soft greens, and you can pretty much fire at the flags. And, you know, you look, okay, that's a back flag. Maybe I want to back it off a little bit. But these players, I mean, in major championship, even just regular PGA Tour events, the precision that's required and the, the pin placements, that, that, that's, it makes such a difference. If, we, if you went out and played these same courses the tour players played and they just stuck the flag in the middle of the green, it's not even the same experience. And so uh, the way they tuck these flags and the p- positions they put them in, the only chance some of these players have to even make a birdie is to hit it in a certain spot. I know from all the years we've been at Augusta, it's very rare that players are even firing at flags. Um, in order to get close to flags, you have to hit different spots for them and then allow the slope to take it to the flag. And so to give these guys a rangefinder that will simply give you the, the, the distance to the flag is, I mean, I, I, it's like Tony said, you know, he's probably going to rely on, you know, what his caddy has to say and what the book has to say and stepping things off because and Webb Simpson piled on that too and he said most of the time we want yardages to the front of the green that's what we're looking for what's the front yardage and then how far on the pin and then they can kind of calculate where they want to go from there so I see this I mean I think the PGA is using this as a way to gain some notoriety to do something different to be noteworthy uh, and and then under the guise of hey maybe this will speed up play most of the consensus so far at least among the the media guys and in some of the players is that, uh, if, if anything, it might slow up play because they're going to use it as a double check. I don't see anyone just pulling up the rangefinder, shooting the flag, and disregarding the yardage book. So, anyway, long answer. We'll see, we'll see how it all shakes out this week. So, a lot of guys who have uh, not won a major before win 
on the at the PGA Championship, right? Morikawa last year, it's six of the last ten, I think. So the guys who haven't won, who do you think has a chance to break through? Let's stay away from the McElroys and the Spieths who are just piling them up. Who goes? I like that. Who's got a good chance to go from zero to one? Yeah, that's a that's that's a good uh, it's a it's a good note, DJ. And and I think you know you look at uh, one guy we've already mentioned in Tony Finau. Um, you know the guy has uh, six top tens and sixteen starts this season. He already t- tied for tenth at the Masters. So I'm putting Tony down for a top ten this week anyway. I know we don't want to hear top ten. I mean we al- we appreciate the fact that he can top ten. We want him to win. But um, you know Tony's striking it great right now. He's thirteenth in strokes gain approach to green. He's tenth in strokes gain tee to green, and he's fifteenth in overall in ball striking. So the, the big question mark is, can that putter wake up? Can he have a putting week? And uh, if he can have a putting week, I love Tony's chances. You look at some of the best players to have um, not yet won a major championship with the most top 10 finishes at majors without that victory. You're talking about Lee Westwood, 19 top 10s in major championships. He's 48 years old, however. Matt Kuchar has 12, and he's 42. Ricky Fowler, who's in the field this week, he has 11 uh, top 10s. He's just 32. Paul Casey has 10. He's 43. Tony Finau, 9 top 10s. He's 31. Brant Snedeker has 9. And he's 40. Uh, Xander Shoffley has 8. He's 27. John Rahm has 6. Mark Leishman, 6. So, you know, when you start going down best players that are currently active yet to win a major, you know, I mean, you have, you have to, as far as those guys that are in form, I mean, Tony Finau, uh, John Rahm, um, Xander Shoffley, and then I would also throw a guy that's not on that list because he's just too you know young. He may be in that uh, Morikawa uh, uh, category. Is Victor Hovland five top fives this year? So th- those are the guys that I would probably put on my top of the list: Hovland, Finau, um, yeah, Xander, and Rom. Probably as as the guys that could break out and and win their first major this week of the PGA. What's the fan situation going to be? Do you know? A lot more fans. Uh, I don't know the exact count, um, but they are going to have fans there in South Carolina, so we should be able to hear some roars. We saw them in Texas last week. It was huge. The players have commented on it, but uh, they are they are letting some fans back in. It's starting to look a little bit more normal, at least for the PGA. Uh, I can tell you ahead of the U.S. Open next month in San Diego, um, it's still very, very limited. And so um, even media-wise, you know, we're, we're getting shut out again. So um, I'm looking Ryder Cup before we're going to yeah, be able to be back on site. And hopefully um, hopefully all of next year we'll be back on site. But this week I think you'll see more fans than, than probably at, uh, at the U.S. Open next, next week or next month, rather, in, at Torrey Pines. Outdoors, ocean breezes. 36% of America or something like that vaccinated? I, I would think that sounds pretty safe. You know what? That's a, that is a, that's a debate right, right there right, that I don't want to get into on a golf talk show. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, 100%, man. I'm so tired of the whole thing. I'm, 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 honestly, I'm so tired of it. Like, it's, you know, the people that said it's not safe and the people that say it's safe are both, you know, so passionate. It's just, it, those conversations are just so, they're just tiring, aren't they? I mean, it's just tiring. So. Yeah, they are, but I'm really curious to see what side you fall on, Brian. <laughs> oh, are you really? You want to you want to throw me out there? <laughs> uh, honestly, I think details matter. I think you sitting in a media room uh, with a hundred other media people—that's probably not that safe. But for some dude standing on the 15th fairway with 10 mile an hour breeze coming off the ocean, I don't think that's that big a deal. How about deal. standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona? Uh, yeah, probably yeah. okay. That's a pretty small town. There's probably no one standing <laughs> on the corner with you. I think you're good to go. That is such a fine sight to see. 
<laughs> they actually have a statue on that corner. Do they really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, they have an. I've seen those photos. You can Google yeah. it when you're done here. You can find it. Okay. Yeah. I have a friend of mine whose uh, wife is from Arizona, and he asked her when he when he was dating her, "Have you been to Winslow?" And and she's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Did you stand on the corner?" And she goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, I don't know if this is going to work out. Exactly, he goes, man. Because I don't know if this is going to work out. And I think beyond that, the next question is, "Do you like golf?" If the answer is, <laughs> "I don't know," and no, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Wow. wow, we went from uh, Kiowa to Win- Winslow real quick there. That was awesome. You think to this, my friend's marriage. You think this PGA, this time of year, is here to stay? Yeah, I think so. You know, and that's actually another thing to note when you're comparing 2012. That was in August, and the winds blow a lot more in August than in May. You know, I think the way that the schedule has changed, look, we, we talked about this when it happened, right? This is the this is the PGA Championship, teaming up with the PGA Tour to try to get the big events, uh, for major championships and FedEx Cup playoffs done before football starts. I mean, football's king. You know, it, it always has been. Well, I don't know if it always has been. Baseball probably at one point. But it, it certainly is king right now with sports. And so the PGA recognizes that they're yielding to football and saying, look, let's, let's have our season be when we don't have to compete with that um, – thousand pound gorilla so um yeah i think i think it's probably there to stay you, you look at the way it slates out now you got players in march you got masters in april pga in may u.s open in june and the open championship in july and then that gives you august for the playoffs and then you either put a Ryder cup or a president's cup there in september and and uh and, and there's your your schedule the tough thing is this year fitting in the olympics and you know players are dropping out of that like um like flies right now so um it's it's tough it's gonna be tough to schedule more major events late in the year I, I, is is what it looks like to me. I always thought the golf season really lagged, though. I think they needed a major this, and, and so it was weird at first. I think I'm starting to settle into it, and there's no doubt it makes way more sense on multiple levels to stay away from football in the fall, absolutely, but also just kind of the momentum of the season. Everybody gets fired up for the Masters and go all the way to Father's Day. That was too long. No, I love the wait, though. No. Anticipation of no. it all. No, I'm glad the PGA. It's coming there. too soon. No, it's not. Actually, I think I side with DJ on this one. I think you're right. It, it did kind of lag a little bit. Um, you know, you had Memorial uh, that would play in there. You'd look forward to some of those events, but it did feel like you know, golf golf revolves around a players will all admit it around the four major championships, and so um, those those are the big events. And and you know, the fact that they come a little bit more um, in a little bit uh, more consistent cadence, I think is good. It's good for the game. Yeah, but- guys. <laughs> something every month to look forward to. I, I, right, but then it's almost like a day and a half between the uh, U.S. and British. Well, because of the travel, right? That one feels a little tight, but right. the, the rest of like it doesn't feel like a day and a half since Augusta. That feels like a no, year ago already. I'm, I, you got me there, but yeah. the, I, I think that when we get this year, when we get to the British, I'm going to be sad that the majors are over and we're just barely halfway through the summer. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, from a major standpoint, your middle of July majors are over, and and now you're looking forward to you know at least it's a Ryder Cup year. I got I mean, you that's on my, that. That's my favorite event outside the Masters. Sure. Golf, yeah, so. I can I can live with that. They could move the British Open back a week or two, and it wouldn't bother me greatly. And the weather would be the same. It's going to be right. cold and windy any time you play. Right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. who should be the number one pick tomorrow in the draft? Bob will have you the know, number one pick. Who's gonna Who's gonna be the number one pick? I, I wondered if you flip, you uh, switched me up to because I was giving you a bad time about who you pick. I wonder if you put me on first to try to 
try to give you a little heads up. Uh, so so I've, here's my picks, right, early week. Rory, I mean, he's a two-time winner of the PGA, you know, um, just won a couple weeks ago. He, he's the one that you'd put two and two together, right, and you'd say, okay, Rory won the last time he played, and he won the last time it was here. So let's let let's pick Rory. I, I think he's a good pick. Uh, I think he's got some confidence back. Um, Dustin Johnson, back-to-back runner-up finishes, uh, and six top tens at the PGA. I, I mean, that's something he has not played very good. He's hurt too, um, isn't he? Uh, I think he's okay. I, I think he's okay. He's just he just hasn't been playing all that well. Uh, Brooks Kepka's still hurt, so I, I'm not sure I'd pick him. In fact, he's still struggling to bend over just to read putts. I, I think he's a, a way long shot at best. Um, and, and by the way, uh, DJ did miss the cut at the masters. Yeah. And so I would think that he's looking to maybe avenge that. And he's still the number one player in the world. I think Colin Morikawa was a sleeper, you know, I mean, not a lot of guys go back to back at the PGA, but you know what? The guy's still second in greens and regulation. He's second in strokes gained T to green. He already won on a tough concession golf course to pick up that WGC. So I like Morikawa this week and, uh, speed Hovland and Finau. Those are, those are my guys. So Rory, DJ, uh, Morikawa, speed. Hovlin and Fino, um, if, if that if that helps. And if you're looking for a dark horse, go with John Daly, PK. You can't go wrong. John Daly. <laughs> John Daly. I've, read- been a Miller, I've been a Miller Lite guy. Always have been, ever since I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually on the board at 1,000 to 1. That's just throwing your money away right there. There you go. Why not? Hey, it's a good one. Long shot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate it. We'll catch you on Real Golf Radio. And we did not move you around. I mean, you're going to sing against our picks no matter what. Now you'll just sing against them on Thursday morning. I don't. I, didn't, I don't know why you even bothered thinking about that. Of course, you're going to sing against our picks. All right. Well, you know that's what we do, right? <laughs> right. All right. So, thanks, Brian. Thanks. Good to be with you, Brian Taylor. Real Golf Radio. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show coming up next. Stay with us.